Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I'm Dr. J, and welcome to the Strategic Ladies Mindful Media Show. Our show will always give you guys applicable, useful, and entertaining relationship conversations with a generational perspective. We're in live on Fridays from the Netherlands at 8 p.m. CST, 11 a.m. PST, 1 p.m. CST, and 2 p.m. EST. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Estella, and welcome to the show. If you haven't already, um, be sure to subscribe to our Mindful Media Journal. That is going to be coming out in January, or I'm sorry, probably this quarter. And so uh, please subscribe. We have some information that you'd want to have to keep your mind, body, and spirit aligned, as well as information on our past and present guests that you'll want to see. So today we have an exciting show. Hello, Jay, and how are you? I'm good. Dr. Jay, Dr. Jay. I'm actually doing really good, um, and it's so good. The weather's kind of cold, but I'm kind of enjoying it. Yeah, we had a, actually a great day as a family. We went to a beach that Jay and uh, my son-in-law discovered that is absolutely beautiful. She's so funny and, with her, absolutely um, beautiful. I am just so, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was really missing um, California, and after going to that beach, I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm not going to buy anything in California. I'm buying something there so that i'm putting that out in the universe and another month or two i'll have a place there <laughs> you know what you know? i really believe in putting out the positive energy i know this sounds so deep but i am that way but when you put out that positive and that that it just comes towards you yeah and i learned that from a friend you know like you, you know so many times we focus on the negative if you constantly are thinking in that negative mindset it stays there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I just really feel good about it. I mean, and it was, you guys, it's cold today. Um, there were no, There's no sunshine. And to enjoy the beauty of a beach with no sunshine, with cold weather, cloudy skies, it was absolutely beautiful. And the waves were coming and, and just, uh, it was, it, it felt like home. So I'm going to start looking close to that area. I can ride my bike every day and it, it'll be cool. So, so I'm doing good because of that. Good. Well, good. I, I was going to ask you how you're doing. So today we have a wonderful show planned. We mm-hmm. have a, a great musician uh, that I had the opportunity to uh, find and identify through my partner, uh, Wolfer Entertainment, one of our partners. Shout out to Wolf. Yes. And we're going to be talking uh, to George, uh, George Johnson Jr. And George is a excellent musician and actually George and I and, and Jay have something in common we are both doctors he's in the doctor club so we're going to talk about <laughs> that a little bit too the doctor club but before we begin you know it was interesting um we're bringing back in we're bringing on in a minute when we were talking with our producer about bliss yeah <laughs> and, you know it, it was kind of cool how this came up because 
one thing we all, you know, we have a great relationship with him and he's a wonderful person. Really blessed to know you, brother Jamal. Um, and he's, he has a wonderful woman in his life now. And it's um, amazing how, um, you know, he's always a, a very, a, a very positive energy person, but you can even feel even more of an explosive oh, positivity totally with him. Yeah. And, um, he was talking about how he's reached an internal bliss and I'm like, you know what, Can't, is that, do you believe in internal bliss? So doctor, what do you think well, about that? Well, let me, let me. Look at what I'm like. You know me. I always look up stuff, but here's some definitions of how people define it. Once the bliss of the soul, mm-hmm. yourself, is attained, it never leaves you. Bliss of the soul is eternal. Wow. Wow. Um, it is a state of being conscious of this internal bliss. It says um, absence of worldly, worthy, absence of worldly misery. This is called internal bliss. So for him to be, you know, to him to say, you know, he's in bliss, uh, it's just amazing because I think that's what we all strive for, right? That feeling. And I, you know, it was funny we were talking before the show. Well, how do you describe that? Well, he said, I don't think you can in words. How amazing is that? You know, that it's a, it's a feeling that it's just so wonderful that you can't explain the words yeah i mean um yeah that's what he basically said and what do you think do you believe in internal bliss i totally believe in the, the, the internal bliss and i have experienced it mm. in my faith oh in your faith okay. not in my in my love life but in my faith i've experienced that and it was um it was it was that um it, it was that peace that goes beyond our understanding do you feel that all relationships in the beginning, you feel that you've reached an eternal bliss and then it subsides? Or do you feel that there's um, certain types of relationships that get that eternal bliss? Because I feel like um, I've been in relationships where I thought that I had eternal bliss and it wasn't. And then I, I'm in one. I mean, obviously, that I've, it's been a longevity of a, a relationship and I'm very happy and content. So do you feel that... Um, that there's different levels of bliss due compared to contentment? Um, you know, that's a hard question for me because, uh, you know, I, I, I obviously I haven't, I haven't had the success in relationships. Some people have, but I do believe it. But, and I think that even in spite of the, even during the period of time when I had those relationships, I always kind of had a, a doubt in the back of my mind that was this right. So I won't say I've ever experienced bliss in a relationship. I've experienced good time and fun and, and, and love, but not eternal bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have in my faith. I've had um, uh, a, a parent where I was just so fired up with Christ and it felt so good that I've experienced it. But I would love, I mean, I think that there's different gifts you get in life, the different gifts of uh, the bliss in childbirth. I had a blessed in childhood, I think, but in a relationship, it would be a wonderful thing. Well, you know, they, they're talking about, there's this article that I found. I know Dr. Yay, she's talking about Dr. He's our researcher, but I found this article that it says, are you ready to experience eternal bliss? So they talk about what eternal bliss is and basically say the same thing as you do. It's like this, this, this emotional state of joy, per, personal fulfillment and happiness. It's like something that you can't explain. It's like the utter joy and contentment that you can ever reach. Um, so they say things that you can do living a blissful life. 
So everyone is searching for happiness, but most of us are looking the wrong direction outside of nowhere to find it. Real happiness bliss can only be found inside. Yes. I think you hit it on and they did as well. Um, too many times we're looking for someone else to, to give it to us, but we have to feel it. It's internal. It's an internal feeling. And I think that's why probably I experienced it with my faith because it's a personal internal relationship. You know, um, it, it's, uh, you know, it's my God that, that takes away all of my fears and my worries. So that's the bliss that I feel. So I agree. So they have some steps to reach internal bliss. And one number one step they say is to ignore sorrow, fear, and be, be a bestower of internal happiness. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think that that's one of the things that happens when you really are true to your faith. You have, you are fearless in a sense. You've gone, um, and you see it many times in experiences people go through, you know, um, with uh, diseases, cancer, um, uh, uh, fear of flying or fear of going over a bridge. That that peace you end up getting comes from that internal bliss. Right. Yeah. What's another step? Another step, step that says cultivate a strong faith. Yes. And um, I think so. I think faith is a lot of everything because in this world we don't have answers to everything. Exactly, and that and that's an, a whole other discussion. And and even if you look beyond um, what people's religious faith are, faith in something. I think that you know um, having a, a a higher power, having something that you can look toward and a faith toward that actually um, makes it better. Yeah, I agree, and I and I think it's it's something that um, you know. Um, it, it works wonders in your relationship and in your life. And I think it's important to, to understand that. Step three, it says, put your heart, mind, intellect, and soul, even in the smallest act, the secret of success. Totally agree with that. Yeah, because what, many times we go into relationships and, and, and different things, not 100% fully. We always have these uh, restrictions or these, our guards not up. Mm-hmm. Our guards. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what hinders a lot of relationships. Having your guard up. A lot of times, people don't really love because they're afraid, and they, they have this guard. Well, you know that's true. I think that the smallest act. And you know, wait, look at this message. It says um, it's kind of difficult to put into words. This is from Brother Jamal. Um, it's a connection. An expression based within a highly, highly, highly positive energetic connection. You know, it is about an energetic connection. Mm-hmm. It's a connection you feel that you haven't felt before. And it is hard to explain in words. If you're reaching that state, it's kind of like when you, if someone says, I'm, I can't even express how, okay, what can I compare my bliss? I mean, I, I've had it in a relationship, but having, when you first have a child, when, when I first had, I had five children, <laughs> but, um, every child that I've had, it's like your first, it's the, it's the, it's like you, when you birth them and you get them in your arms, it's like you cry and you're like, you're like, what is my, these emotions? Yes. There's so many emotions that it's, it's something that you, you can't put into words. You can't put into words. Yeah. Um, so I get that. I agree with you. Thank you for the drama. It's something, it's just such an, 
amazing connection and, and it's so amazing. You just don't even know how to put it into words. Number four, they say, being intemperate and eating, drinking, sleeping, amusing, and all other things. So, yes, making, and that's almost like being present, right? Correct. Being present, being, making sure that, that, that you are um, living it and not just uh, it happening, but living it. Yeah. Number five, follow the correct principles of living, strive for health, strength, success, and a higher power relation, which is for us, God. Yeah. And I think one of the things is the balance those because so many people strive for things that take over their bliss. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm wishing to be a rich person, I'm not enjoying what I have right now. Yes, it's important to have goals and, and work toward it, but bliss is, is I don't I think it's beyond monetary things. Or, what? I think yeah. it's why this, I honestly taking it back, moving here has been so good for me. Good for the family. Um, because I see the difference in my behaviors compared to where I, when I was at home in the U.S. And although I love uh, my country and Target, just kidding. <laughs> um, being here, you know, this is our country too. Um, but I, I, I look at I look at here how just the sharing of a cup of coffee, it's brought us, you know, you know, we were eating dinner at a table, but we were not necessarily, we were together, but we were thinking about what we had to do next. Mm-hmm. We're here. We really talk about our day and are enjoying each other. So it's, it's that time with one another that, you know, like you said, taking time. Yeah. It, it's amazing how, um, blessed. Yeah. I think we, uh, we, we work toward that in many places of our life. And I think that um, to be able to acknowledge it and recognize it and to voice it is amazing things because it brings joy. Hearing our Brother Jamal and hearing our, our, you know, Tim tell us that brought joy to us. Right. You know, uh, so many times in the world we hear about things that are not going well and, and, um, you know, like, Things that are bad, and but we don't think about the good, wonderful moments. Life. I, I think it's about taking a step back, mm-hmm. and I think that so many times we don't. Yep. You know. So it's almost that time to take. Yes, you guys. Let's hold that talk for a second. We're going to be back in a moment. Please stay with us, and we're going to have George on. Easy.
For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. We're airing live in the Netherlands, and we have on our show now our special guest, George Johnson, Jr. Hello, George. Hello, how you doing? Good, good. good. We were just talking about uh, how excited we are to have him on the show, and he's with Wolf Entertainment. Shout out to Wolf, our new partner for uh, last yeah, year. Yeah, my man. He's a great guy. I love yes. Helmet. He's amazing. So, George, you have a, a huge amount well, should of Should we call accolades. him Dr. George? Oh, yeah. we got to talk about the doctor thing, too. He's in the doctor club like us. Congratulations. I know it's a hard accomplishment. Oh, you, oh my God. It took, it took forever, but it was a labor of love, see, because I, it's something I really have been doing all my life, so I just went on and took care of business. Uh, see, but I traveling in between... I know. Yeah, I, I can know. only imagine. So I could go over George's bio. He's he's amazing. He's a third a third generation jazz drummer. I guess it's all in his family and his blood. Um, oh, yeah. He has a lot of musical accomplishments. He's performed in the Montreal Jazz Festival in Switzerland, which I am yeah. trying to actually try to go to. I really that's one of my bucket list things. I hate to say that word though. Um, <laughs> he's done That'll jazz work. Berkeley. Uh, you've done mm-hmm. so much, George, and I'm just proud of you. Just reading about you is amazing. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. Tell us, tell the listeners. Well, I'm very, um, I'm very blessed, and I had great parents. Start off there, and um, so I really started off at a young age, like five, probably was four, but I didn't remember about five. Um, we have what you call a drum and bugle corps, which you know what mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had the turquoise um, shirts, black pants, and the um, hat that was up on one side. It was like a hip thing. And uh, we played all different kinds of parades. So that was my first endurance and first, I could say, out of the house um, playing professionally, I would say, because I think, they got some donations, but the point of it was we walked like two and a half hours and I was holding that drum two and a half hours on my leg. And I was like, you know, I was like, wow, man, you know, this is living. So <laughs> I like was bit by the bug of uh, entertaining people at a small age. So that's how I started cardboard boxes and then snare drum. And then I think a few, later, my, a few years later, my dad could afford a, a real drum set. And I oh. never left that thing alone, girlfriend. My mother accused oh. me of giving her fallen arches. The whole uh, floor where she was, I was in the basement, was vibrating. I'm talking, you know, six to eight hours. I was wow. on it. So very blessed to have that kind of opportunity to hone the talent. Now, you said and Elvis I, Jones was one of your mentors, from what I read. Oh, yeah. See, and then we'll skip. We'll go right to when I was going to New York, and I lived with... Um, Jimmy Garrison. I had the pleasure of meeting Jimmy yeah. Garrison. I was living with him. Wow. He introduced me to Elvin Jones, which has always been my idol. Elvin mm-hmm. and uh, Art Blakey. So uh, we met because they were so close. And okay. he picked out he picked out my professional set of drums for me that I still have. Oh. And uh, it was a monumental uh, meeting. Yes, I do. 
Awesome. Those little those little blonde drums and uh, their epic uh, drums made by Gretsch because they're one of the first drum sets that have lead, a small uh, coating of lead on the inside, which makes the projection of the drum when it gets older and opens up uh, magnifies. Oh, it's glorious. You have no Ooh. idea. <laughs> well, you know, there's but, yes. nothing here in live drums. You know, now everything's beats, but there's nothing Oh, yes. Like- I'm down with all that new thing, too, but listen, acoustic drums? <gasps> especially, yeah, especially played, like, when you can sit, uh, when you can sit at a table where you can almost touch the stage and have yes. the drummer play with such dynamics that it raises the hair on your arms, and you feel so much warmth inside, but you can still hear their glasses ting, and the waitress says, may I bring you another vodka and tonic? And you don't have to say hi, hi. I know, I know. I can tell you love your music, and that's important. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, So tell me a little bit now. You went on to, you said we had talked a little bit about the beginning of the show, how you got your first break where we are in Amsterdam. So tell the audience. Well, I have a lot of respect for uh, 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 the Netherlands. I have a lot of respect for the people in general because of their frame of mind and their artistic appreciation of uh, music and art, period. They have all of those art museums. My wife and I got lost in the Rijks Museum. The man had to come find us. Hey, look, you got to get out of here because uh, we're closed. And I said, well, we've been trying to get out of here for the last two hours, sir. You know, it's, it's something. It's something, and to, you know, it, it really gets me about uh, certain countries because I've been told, and um, uh, and, and 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 I've toured there a lot, uh, where uh, the, the the government uh, it, uh, gives a certain amount of money uh, to the clubs and stuff to hire the entertainment, and they even have a certain uh, percentage of the money to hire international entertainment. That's why their entertainment is on such a high level because the competition and the environment that they create is extremely high for uh, uh, creativity. Everybody's on their A-game when they go to the Netherlands because they know that they're going to be appreciated. You can hear a pin drop, okay, when you're playing over there. Yeah, they're the very music is, and, yes, and it's unique. But to get back to the story, I was touring with this uh, 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 tennis saxophone artist, Louis Williams, and we were touring in uh, Germany and having a great time. I didn't really realize each little town makes their own beer. It's a wonderful thing. But anyway, (laughs) after the the tour, I said, I'm going to sell my CD. And see, this is part of being a musician and part of being, we had to adopt adopt an attitude where no was not part of the co- vocabulary, not part of the program. All it means is I'll be back tomorrow and try again. So I went to the Netherlands and I hooked up all of these different appointments and went to all these different record companies. And oh. I dropped off my Turquoise Ocean CD, talked <laughs> with everybody, and Challenge Records. Challenge Records was very nice. So what they did was, and I appreciated this, but I didn't really dig it at first, I played my music, and we were talking, and the guy says to me, look, we're talking, we're eating, we're having a good time, Um, I want you to meet my sister, and uh, I'll get back to you, because I want to sit and listen to the music in entirety in silence, and it's the first time I had ever had anybody say that to me. I'm usually going to New York and stuff, and they're going, we're talking, they're listening to music, yeah, 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 I'll put this out back, nine or ten calls. 
he was really intensely listening to my music, but he wanted to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. So then I'm going home. I'm like a you know broken soldier. I'm like, I spent all my money. Get back on the American Airlines. Thank God I got myself a business class ticket. Get me a nice ride home with some nice mule. I get home, and I get this call on the phone. And I'm like, oh, like depressed, you know, looking at the bills. And uh, I hear this guy with a funny accent on the phone. I say, yes. He said, George, uh, I listened to your CD for three days straight. He says, right now, um, Hein Vendegein said that uh, there's a better budget for us to uh, proceed with your project if my little sister takes it in her company because her company just started. She's got a bigger budget. I said, well, I have to come back over there and meet you, and meet you, and, you know, meet your sister. He said, no, it's the sister that you met with that great big German shepherd. He says, so we'll send you the paperwork. I was ecstatic, girlfriend. I was ecstatic. So there's a place called, I think it's called Escadade. I think it's in the north. I played there, toured there. Man, it was fantastic. Another little town. I, I'm, I'm getting the pronunciations uh, uh, funny, but it was three places. I know, that's, that's, that's okay. Saying, uh, I that's okay. I, I said Mon- Montreal, I meant Montrex earlier. So you know, um, well, there is two yeah. now. The, you, the, the one you said is in Canada, <laughs> so there's one in Canada and yeah, one in um. Yeah. That's Montrex, yeah. yeah. And but I yeah, it was funny. I love it. Wasn't it wonderful? Mm-hmm. But oh, that's God. A, so, so. He she signed you. That was so she signed you. The, yes, the, and they, and they put it out. It was the best thing ever happened to me because the recording was um. From I worked with this uh, great piano player, well, uh-huh. a, a number of them. I'm kind of like a piano player, drummer. Uh, I, I really into the piano. I play piano also, really. I, yeah. I love all the instruments. But Mr. Abdullah Ibrahim, one okay. of the greatest or the greatest South African piano players ever came out, was discovered by Mr. Duke Ellington. But oh. his wife, Satima B. Benjamin, Mm-hmm. caught Duke Ellington's eye because she was a singer. He needed a singer. So she mm-hmm. said, we're in exile, and if I go with your band, I really need to take my husband because we're in exile, we're, we're struggling. So that's one of the only piano players that Duke Ellington ever hired. Wow. And he yeah. discovered him. So he gave me a break at the um, at the uh, 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 I think it was the Mellon Festival, Bryan Park um, and he had a whole night. Mr. Ibrahim had a whole night, and he gave me a chance to play my music, hire a band. I had Gary Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Drew Jr., and uh, Charles Farnborough. And, uh, wow, it was... Uh, see, that's what I mean. You know, like, when people see things in you and they give you a chance, and then you really take that mm-hmm. small window of opportunity and open that thing up, you know... I was really appreciative of that. So that's what yeah. it was. And it was like a live performance, and I was blessed that it was really cohesive, and it was my original music. It was a lot on the line, and it really went well. Yeah, that's and, amazing, the original music, too. A lot of times, well, you know, a lot of times with jazz, you play original, but, you know, it's, it's always good when you can play yours and not cover songs, right? Right. right. So see, and yeah. see, it's, it's, it's good to be accepted on the level of, of pure creativity. That's why I really appreciated the... Uh, 
people at the Netherlands, you know, because somebody has to step out. I think about Cindy, uh, 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 Sidney Bechet. Um, a lot of guys I work with, McCoy Tyner, uh, Lou Donaldson, a lot of the people, uh, when they went there, they had great respect for the Netherlands because they always respected mm -hmm. the African-American musician, any jazz yeah. musician, you know, uh, uh, Pepper Adams, whoever it was, you know what it was? And, and because they respected the sacrifice, that's all anybody asks, respect yes. Well, I do love the fact, I mean, we've been here, um, my daughter's been here longer than I have, but um, the thing that I, I recognize very early is that um, when you first come into the country, the first thing they do to you is they start writing Dutch. They don't. They don't have. Any, they, don't they don't see color. They see. Are you Dutch? Do you speak Dutch? <laughs> you know. Well, see, it's a funny thing you say that. I love that about the Dutch. I love that about. I they do it. not care. You're learning the language or what? <laughs> they don't care. And then, and if you don't know, I mean, I, this girl went through three languages before she got to English. She went to Dutch, then she went to German, then she went to English. Yes. And I'm like, uh, God. Then, whereas, you know, in America, we have our issues. You know, the first thing that happens is that, you know, you go in a bar and you're the only one sometimes and the music stops. <laughs> I'm 60. I'm going to be 66 on Sunday, and you know I know what you're talking about. Well, if you but, die of old age, I'll be right next to you. So, um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. I love that. <laughs> so, so George, That's great. So, so you went on to play with all these greats. I'm looking at it. I'm a Glover Washington, one of my favorites. Wilton oh man, he's oh god, that was off oh. the hook, girlfriend. Whew, man, that was really? Lonnie Liston Smith. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, I love all these people. Um, so walk me kind of through, or walk us through your 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 career. So you started. You came to Netherlands a little bit, and then did you did you you started your own band at one point as well? And how how, how walk me through kind of your your musician mu musical career, so to speak. Well, I I think. In a simple, in a simple words, passion. Okay. Mm -hmm. I kind of followed passion. It's going to sound funny that a small teenage person has when it's time to make a decision about: Are you going to sit here and eat cheese puffs in front of the TV set, or are you going to stand up here and put the big boy shoes on and get started? So. Mm -hmm. My passion actually was what it still is today, is to play music the best I can, play and entertain people because I do like, I'm a humanitarian, I love people, I love to make people happy. And music is to give people a release from the tensions and the stress of the day and to help them kind of like make it over some points. I'm not trying to be like anything else, but if you slow dance with you're a special someone, then you're actually having a moment, a special moment. If you're somewhere and you feel bad, you hear a song, your favorite song, and you start feeling up and you feel more positive. So now you've taken, we went from a negative to a positive. That music has released you from that negativity. Yes. That's what it's all about. 
That's what it's all about. And you're supposed to be able to understand it. You're supposed to be able to feel it. You're supposed to be able to pat your foot sometimes to it. And you're supposed to not have to be like, uh, 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 you know, have a, a very high degree to understand the music. There is places, time for everything. And you must find that place and time to be appreciated. There's people that are so blessed. If you threw silverware down the steps, they could tell you what each note was corresponding to the piano. But they can't play. But the point of it is, is they know. So, you know what, um, George, you said something. Um, vision without execution is a hallucination. Explain that for us. Well, sometimes people have... Sometimes people have a vision, and I don't know if you've talked to some people like this, but sometimes they have great visions, mm -hmm. and they have great things mapped out, but it only goes as far as a phone call or only goes as far as conversation. I understand if it's not enough money to, you know, fulfill it, right. but a lot, of, a lot of times our, our, our friends have that. And I feel bad about it because I would like to try to help it, but it's like a thing of, you know, nobody let me do this, nobody let me do that. But I could do this, and I can do so much of that, and I can do so much of this. And remember that thing I told you about, about those two letters in the alphabet, the N and the O? Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not up to you to sit back and let anybody hold you back. It's up to you to stand up. And, it's, and I hate to say this, this is an old saying. It's not how many times that you get knocked down. It's how many times you stand up. Sure. The you best musicians are the ones that get take you. rejection. Mm -hmm. I agree with you completely because it's really it comes down to how bad do you want it. There you, you go. There you go. You hear people people's stories of how you know after a while they give up, but you have to have that positive and that positive energy and also that perseverance to continue. Because I think that sometimes and, people right, know right. so much and they're like get it, and you know they're not content because they didn't really try as hard as they could. Mm -hmm. So I agree. Well, see it. Yeah, and, and see, I, I, you know, you're so right about everything you said. Did you ever have a friend that didn't have the perseverance and you met him maybe 10, 20 years down and you were set in your career, you sacrificed, you went through the hard parts, you ate uh, small uh, portions, not the portions that you wanted to eat, and then you came out and you're satisfied now. You know, they say, you say, hey, man, you know, I wish I had done this, man. I want to start now. I want to start now. But see... You gotta be. You gotta have a passion. I got some friends, and me and they're great musicians. And I said, man, man, you're so great. You know, you really have a lot of potential, man. And the guys tell the truth. Man, you know, I don't have the passion. We're back to that word mm. again. Passion gives you endurance. Passion gives you the drive, and right. passion gives you the 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 energy to stand up through. This is a big word for all artists. Rejection, rejection. Yeah. That, that's like getting hit with a brick, but you didn't. You, it doesn't show. But you have to go through rejection yeah. so many times. Mm -hmm. Do you realize that failure is the brother of success? If yeah. you take your doses, oh man, I ain't making me enough feel. Well, that means, gee, you got to go back to the drawing board. And Study a little bit more, boss. <laughs> you know it what? Wasn't I wasn't right. I love what you're saying because I'm this big proponent of uh, a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. 
Mm-hmm. And um, what happens is with children, they find they've done studies on it, how children that continually try to do math and fail are the best students because they have this growth ma- mindset. They're failing is propelling them to try harder. Whereas those right. other students are saying like, oh, I messed up. I, I'm done. Yes, and then they go into this little shell. They never learn math because they have this. That's right. Set. And so you're so right. Failure is just you're never you're not going to know until you fail. No. Success. Do me a favor and do not run in the corner. Do not run in the cave. Take it on the jaw. I'm going to tell you why you take it on the jaw. It hurt. It hurt George. It hurt George. When yeah. George when, when George, it felt like a knife was going in George's heart. But do you know what George said, right? George said, well, you know, maybe George did really do something wrong because his parents made him tell the truth. Maybe George did something wrong. When George went back to the drawing board, George came back, and George succeeded. You know why? Because George didn't take no for an answer. He won that thing bad. Any way possible, shape, form, fashion. You hear what I'm telling you? It's called about work ethic. Do not say you can't. My dad cracked me on the hand hard. That's why I said, God bless him. I said, oh, man, I can't get that extra. He said, crack up. I said, oh, man. He said, son, I'm going to tell you something. I don't ever want to hear you say you can't do something. You hear me? And I went to bed. I said, oh, man, this cat is rough. And then I started getting it. Yes. And you know what? I was just going to ask you about the junior thing, Dad Junior, George Johnson Jr. But uh, (laughs) I love juniors. Yeah, but you named after Dad, I guess. And but it was funny how um, you're right that the uh, but we grew up in an era where we were told we couldn't. Right. And have positive parents and positive positive people that say you can. is amazing. And I think that that's maybe why sometimes people are more successful and keep trying because I think right. that you, when you both, I know my mom and what it sounds like from you, George, is that you had like you, you started everything off with, I had great parents. And mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes the negative parents do propel people as well. They want to succeed no matter what. But I think also when you have a good backing behind you that believes in you mm-hmm. and gives you that confidence, right. that people push you down you still mm-hmm. are going to stand back up because you've got been given that confidence. Totally, totally, totally. So, who, That's who right. are, so George, who are some of those people in your life? Because I know you said your parents. What 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 has propelled you? Uh, who are some of the people that propelled you to keep continuing when you said that it hurt George? <laughs> well, now my I want to tell you about when I was playing like Chitlin Circuit with uh, Richard Groove Holmes, uh, Charles Earl, Jimmy McGriff, Jimmy Smith. I was a little dude when I met Grover Washington Jr. You know, he was really George Washington because, uh, you know, uh, you're not allowed to play outside the military barracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I get up here, right, and the guy's just playing fast, man. I was playing, you know, and I was playing that fast. So I get up there, you know, and I was like, there's like one, two, one, two, three, four. I was like, whoa, Jack. So I'm playing here, play through the tune. Tune starts slowing up and stuff, you know. Man, this dude stopped the song. I said, damn, I didn't think the song was this short. He said, look, I'm going to tell you right now, boy, I don't know if you're ready for this. You're going to have to get off the stage. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to have to get off the stage and don't come back up in here until you can play a whole tune. You can play the thing from start to finish. You're the drummer, boy. Start to finish, whatever tempo, anybody kicks off, and I don't want to hear you or see you back here again. And I'm going to tell you something, son. you lucky I don't whip your butt. And this is in front of a whole crowd, about 50 people. I'm like, damn, damn. we could have, you could have said that in the dressing room. And like, he's big. 
He made like three of me at the time. Really, really strong, big brother. I said, oh, Lord. So that's some of the stuff you go through. It's called fire. You know how you make, uh, you make, you make the best steel through the most intense fire. And my generation and the generation before me was forged through intense fire. That's the reason why we were ridiculed so hard. People say, oh, he said something wrong to me. I'm upset. Boy, you're lucky he didn't punch you in your eye. Be upset. You better get yourself together. Yeah. See, you have to really, you have to really, really want something to be able to go through what it takes to go through. So yes, it's it's. This is something. This is something else. Again, see, our generation they, they don't understand this anymore because you say stuff to people, they take it the wrong way. But and it's also that entitlement that people feel because we work so hard for this generation. I think, in a yes. sense, we've done yeah. some some of the things we've done. I mean, there's some of us that ha- are that are you know our ages that are that have destroyed a lot of the environmental things to, for this generation but other things they they built for us yes so they, mm-hmm. a lot of these kids have this sense of entitlement that i want it now i want it now and, and not only mm-hmm. that to speak i think also that the industry i think this industry i think the music industry entertainment industry in general you you have it's a it's a hard industry and you have to have a thick skin to be in it. Mm-hmm. You know if you oh, if yeah. you're if you're gonna cry because someone says no you're in the wrong industry. If you if your feelings are easily hurt because someone says you suck you shouldn't be in that industry because for that one person those ten people that say no there's gonna be one that goes I want to hear another song that or, believes that, in you. you know it just takes that's, that. That's one. what they should that's what they should teach to you. That's what should be taught. Not stuff that's not pertains to anything. That should be taught. Case in point, there are shows in America where people can come and display their talent. Not yeah. a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But they come and display their talent. They get a false sense of success. Yes. Right. Everything's good. They have your te- you, you know who they are. You see their faces. They become household words. You vote for them and stuff like that. All of a sudden, it's time to go get a gig. Okay, whatever they promised you is done. That's one day a week. Being a musician is almost 52 if you can work it, if you can swing it. So what happens is he goes down the street. He says, you know, I'm so-and-so and so-and-so. Uh, how about giving me a gig? And he said, man, you better get out of here, boy. What's wrong right. with you? Why aren't you over here? Now he's all sad. He said, well, I'm going to still go. I'm chill. I'm tough. I'm going to go down the street. He goes about the next 15. And he can't even get enough money to buy a cup of coffee. Right. Now we got a real problem. Because now, that's the first time he's got a hundred, to him, rejections. Where do I go now? I ain't got no money. I ain't got this. I ain't got that. Because the false confidence leads you to believe that this is a career for you. But you didn't build nothing. You got to build this thing. Part of building this is people saying that you ain't ready yet, boss. You got to shape it up, boss. You got to be more musical, boss. You can't be being loud all the time, man. You've got to find some kind of musical issues that you really can use or musical tools you can use to play with us, man. And this is the whole thing. Yeah. They say, no, man, you ain't ready. But, y- but, but I did this and I did that. But I'm telling you, boss, you ain't ready. And so, rejection is, yes. is what our business is. Rejection is tough. But I know. Is what I know. We, 
So, George, so tell me a little bit. I'm going to switch, switch gears here. Tell me a little bit about your doctor. You said it was a long, uh, many of us have a journey. That we, most of us who get doctors have a journey, and we've always wanted to tell us why you decided to earn your doctorate of arts. Well, it's, it's a lot of um, a lot of different things that came into it. Number one, I had some issues where I really wanted to apply what I had learned, and um, I couldn't actually do it unless I did go the farther and learned uh, 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 learned more. I had some issues. Uh, uh, my wife had, is a two-time cancer survivor, so I thought I'd have to stop traveling uh, and take care of her. So I figured I should get more education. I'd be able to do stuff uh, here. And then plus, I just wanted to learn uh, learn more. But as I started, uh, it was bigger than I actually thought it would be. And it took me time because I had to travel. And I, you know, with the time differences in the different countries. And I played a lot in South Africa. I was in South Africa six times. And it's a long, long ride, uh, whichever way you go, whether you go nonstop here, whether you go to London. Because a couple of times we went and played in the... Um, Blackheath Concert Hall and Albert Hall, and we went there first, and then we went down to South Africa. It's just you know, it's it's, it's hard, and it's long to really get everything yes. in. So it was a it's a long sacrifice and um, journey. But I'm just craving and craving more knowledge. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be able to write uh, 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 music. I had music for uh, orchestra. I wanted to write and be able to understand everything. Now you know, I I really have a good grip on things and. Um, and I uh, just feel good about it. In Europe, a lot of times, especially um, uh, in your country, the Netherlands, Pierre Dorge, uh, had I did some workshops with him and his wife, and uh, at their at their, uh, I think it's the University of Rhythm, and did, did some things in Sweden. They see that's what I mean. They have more, much more respect. So I kind of like really, really loved it so much, and I do really like to do workshops and seminars, and uh, it just seemed to be opening up. At one point when I was younger, and you're going to laugh when I say this, one time, at one point I was younger, I did think it looked attractive to teach, and uh, but uh, I, I just wasn't, uh, let me see how I can say this. I don't think I was in flavor of the season at that particular point, and then you get turned off. See, because yeah. I want to offer it, and I want to fall in love with what I do. I'm mm-hmm. a hopeless romantic. I think that's probably why I persevere so long. Yeah, yeah. If I can't get in there, and I can't really feel that you're learning, and I can't really uh, feed you so I can see that you start on a fast track of knowledge, I don't want, you know, I'm not really interested because my thing is if I can't help you, and you know, then I need to get away from you and go help somebody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. I'm, I understand that. And I, it's good to hear. And I and I, I do know the journey. My daughter and I did it together. Yes. And it was a oh, that's a long, oh, God, it's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. It was a long journey, and it's always been a lifelong dream. And and I've always I think that we all educate and teach in some type of way. And and I think knowledge is power, and, and um, it's important Definitely. to have. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, my I just, two aunts, my two aunts. I mean, you know, they're like. I've really always looked up to them, and you know they both yeah. have their master man, you know, and they're both. One was uh, 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 ran the library and hooked it up with the internet. Um, the other one ran a couple libraries and uh, was uh, ran the library at a uh, high school, like for like for many many years till she retired. They're very very 
highly educated women and I respect on a high level. You know, I really didn't realize what was happening back in the day, but I'm going to tell you what I realized, and it's really shocking uh, uh, for, you know, I, I, you know, my wife says I'm very naive. But, you know, I'm going to tell you something. It's really funny to me, and I realized this. Uh, men don't realize. Women, well, your mother, which is a woman, made you a man before you even knew what a man was. And then you go up and look down your nose at her and don't respect women. I'm totally shocked and embarrassed. Yeah. And men is like on a whole different other vibe. And I'm not saying that because you, I'm talking to you. And it's a woman's show. It's a reality of life. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing, you know, that's painful to a degree. Because I love my mother. I love my grandmother. Man, whew, man oh, man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to realize sometimes that things ain't right and that's not right. But to speak on, you know, to, 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 to speak on that is that's part of my strength also. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you don't have a strong mother, you, you know, it's, you, you could tell. Yes, yes, right, yes, right. yes. I, yeah. I mean, what's the and biggest life lesson? Yeah, and that's one of the things that's important to have mentors and things, too, for people that don't. You know, we, yes. we can pick those people up and help those people that were missing that. You know, uh, George, I want to ask you a little bit about your album, because I know we're getting short on time. I want to find out more about Kings Without a Kingdom. Wow, that is like one of the one of the things that I was hoping so long would come to reality. I also am a big fan and uh, uh, Art Blakey, uh, Art Blakey. And Art Blakey let me sit in a lot of times. That's how I met and recorded with uh, uh, Wynton Marcellus and uh, uh, his brother Bradford. I mean, all the guys from New Orleans. And um, it's more of a big band, but a small version. So I wrote some of the music for that, the horn parts uh, for that. And um, it was just a beauty and pleasure to record uh, that um, that CD. It's more, see, I came up through a big band era. My parents always played big band music, you know, so that was like a pleasure for me to to, to have that with the trombone. And uh, God rest his soul, Mr. Uh, Clifford Adams, one of the best trombone players in the entire world, uh, he's probably sitting right next to J.J. Johnson, um, Was this is his last CD he played on. And man, does he sound great. And I had uh, Randall Hayward, a uh, trumpet player, great trumpet player, uh, second-generation trumpet player from Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Now he's a, a great teacher uh, in the Newark area, school system area. And then um, I had Willie Williams, all-time favorite tenor yeah. saxophone player, plays with Mr. Toot Monk, and has played with all the greats, great drummer, Mr. Uh, Art Taylor, A.T., um, he's just an outstanding musician all the way around, and uh, I had, uh, man, I always think about this, you know, the uh, the organ player, uh, uh, because he uh, he passed, and it was tragic, because he's such a great, great, oh man, it's slipping my, mm, slipping my mind, but anyway, uh, oh God, that's very disrespectful. But it really took us all back because we didn't know he had cancer at the time. So it was Clifford had cancer, and uh, the organ player had cancer, and uh, he is a great pop um, writer. He wrote a lot of stuff that we know about mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, 
in the R&B, the pop songs. I mean, you know, stuff, I mean, I could name anything, but I can't really remember what, what, what it was. But when he sent me his bio, it's all the stuff that we danced to, just stuff at, uh, when we were in high school and stuff like that, you know. So it was like really, you know, it was a popular thing. And I learned a lot of technical stuff uh, from him. And I'm trying to think of his name now. I'll probably think of it when I'm off the air. Awesome. But it was a very strong, it was a very strong um, CD. And I really loved every minute of it, man. And everybody seemed to well, like it also. Well, that's great. So, what you know, we got to close, but tell people where they can find you, where you're going to be playing, when you get you, uh, Anything you want which, to share. when you uh, get to the Netherlands or Germany or any of these places close to Oh, I will. Look us up. I, look us I, up. We'll be there. <laughs> I will. And you know what I can... What I could do is I could, you know, I could make sure y'all get it. Make sure you get a, a, a ringside, you know, a good ticket all the time. Because, I mean, it'd be a beautiful thing to see you and see uh, for you to come see the music. Museum shopping, museum watching. I love the museums, man. They're just so fascinating. Oh my God, it's really, really hip. You know, it's really hip. You're in a very, very high cultural uh, country, and I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Oh my God. Yeah. So tell us it's again. Where where do they where do we find where does everyone find you where where do they find this album this wonderful production Okay, so you can go to iTunes and I have seventeen CDs um, on iTunes and this one's on iTunes Kings Without a Kingdom, uh, the song Gingy um, that I sent you also is uh, a Valentine's Wish, and that's also on iTunes. I have yes. all the iTunes the Turquoise Oceans on iTunes, mm -hmm. and um, if you Google uh my name uh some stuff's on youtube a small uh mini concert and if anybody out there is listening um like facebook we can connect on facebook and if you would like to hear music if you would like to book music um just get in touch any way possible and i would love to bring the band so you and all your patrons will fall in love i don't have a stick like henry potter because I don't need one. I have the music <laughs> to do it for me. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being on the show. Yes, George, it was so and, great and to have keep you Keep in touch, okay? <laughs> I will. And thank you, ladies, so much. I loved it. And I'd like to thank Mr. Helmut Wolf for hooking us up. Wolf Entertainment yeah. one of the best companies I've been with. For, I've been with him for about 15 years. He's a good yeah. man. All right, ladies, thank you for everything. I love you. Thank you very much. Love you, too. Thanks, George. We'll be in touch. Take care. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. I -bye. Bye. Oh, love it him. Was, I love him, too. It was hard to hang up with him because, first of all, George has such a good positive good energy, energy, right? And oh, my God. We were just talking about that. It's like a bliss. Okay, so we were talking about bliss, right? Bliss. He's. It was a blissful conversation. Yeah. Well, you guys, I know we're coming to an end, so I wanted to make sure – Contact us if you'd like on write the number two at strategicladies.com. Again, that's write the number two at strategicladies.com. Make sure you follow us on our social media at Strategic Ladies on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can always follow us on Facebook as well, Strategic Ladies Official. Um, dot com. All right. Take your eyes. Bye. Bye. Strategic Lane